Now, in my experience, growth usually comes from a source of pain or discomfort, which pushes you to try something new or interrupt an old behavior simply because you come to realize that the pain of remaining the same, of remaining who you are and where you are, is far greater than the discomfort it's going to take for you to change and try something new. My intention for this show is to inspire growth within you. So if you want to familiarize yourself with the journey many have taken to drastically change their lives, this is the place to be. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Grow With Muin podcast. I am your host, Muin Zafar, and today I have with me Herman Suit. Now Herman is the world's leading health, wealth, and human blueprint consultant. He's an author, speaker, and mentor who lives his mission of making the world a better place every single day. Herman can tell you exactly what is going on with your mind, body, and soul. He sees your blockages and gives you a blueprint to navigate and hit your targets. Herman, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. All right, so let's uh, dive right into it. So something that I didn't mention in the introduction is that you're also a sixth generation Shaolin temple descendant. So um, can you elaborate a bit more on what that means and sort of how you grew up and what your childhood was like? Well, it was all called discipline. (laughs) And in today's world, a lot of children don't have that. And I see that's why they struggle. And the reason why... I was able to harness, develop, and refine and polish gifts that we all should be refining and polishing is because I had that discipline early and often. And so basic disciplines would be like uh, martial arts, like stances, um, basic things like penmanship, basic things like exercise, basic things like just enough to keep stretching your mind, your body, and your soul. Like in every single thing you did was almost like an investment. Mm. Okay, so uh, even coming from, uh, you know, from a from a Shaolin temple background, what you're doing right now, I assume it's, uh, it's, it's quite different from what your father or, or grandfather did. So what sort of inspired you to go on this path? And when did you decide that you were, you know, uh, going to step out of the temple and uh, start helping people outside? Well, I view it this way. My entire family, we have very, very strong roots to the, how do we say, actual original place, the Shaolin Temple. But here's the thing, a lot of people stay stuck there. So when they go to a monastery, they go to a place, they go to a temple, they go to, you know, get away from, or an escape from their life. They're stuck within those four walls or the confines of that compound. And to me, I was always raised that you never want to stay stuck in any four walls or any compound. The real test is if can you still practice what you do within those compound or confines and still be able to go out into the world and coexist and share those special messages and those special gifts you have to make the world a better place. Mm. So what was it like, you know, uh, stepping out of those walls? Were there any any challenges with that? So you could honestly say maybe I was quiet. Maybe I was what people may refer to as an introvert because I always preferred my actions to speak louder than my words. But when it came into the real world, a lot of times you had to use your words to really allow people to get to know you so that they could appreciate and value the actions you take so that they can understand them. And so I had to refine and work on my speech and make sure that my English was top notch, that I was able to understand people. 
so that they can understand me and make sure that, you know, that communication is always there because without that, then the messages are not going to be relayed or received. And then if that's the case, then it's very difficult then to help others and maybe be helped yourself. Mm, that's good. So you sort of had to uh, refine yourself um, and get ready for the world because you knew you were stepping out. Yeah, almost like a reinvention. Every single time you meet an obstacle, you have mm. to reinvent yourself so you can evolve. And a lot of times when people meet an obstacle, they choose to go the other way. And that's why they don't get the results they want. And when we go over and talk about like human blueprint, number one, you got to be able to overcome everything and anything that comes your way and don't allow like the negative things of maybe you don't have enough in the bank or maybe you don't feel like you dress well enough or maybe whatever insecurity you have, those are not the things that define you. The things that actually define us as human beings is are we going to get up every single time the obstacle knocks us down? And if we do, are we going to make ourselves better from it? Are we going to evolve? That's what defines us, and we call that character. So it's um, it's easy to you know let moments like failure or our big challenges or frustrations you know define who who you are and who you're becoming. So um, how do you suggest people sort of detach from uh, their failures in a way that um, you know they don't pull them down and rather shoot them up? Okay. So what's the hardest thing for humans to do, Moen? What's the hardest thing for humans to do? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, the hardest thing for, for myself to do or, or what's uh, what the hardest thing it's been is, you know, installing belief in myself and my vision. Mm. But in order to do that, you have to do something first. And that's called let go. Mm. In Chinese, we say feng sao, which means to let go. And one thing is we have to let go of the image or the self-image or the negative image or any obstacle that takes the space that we need to utilize for something better. It's like the phone, tablet, iPad, whatever you want to use, your laptop, it requires space. The more space you want, the more you pay. But in order to utilize that space, we have to make sure that there is sufficient space. What if you have a 16 gig phone and the one update you do takes up 90% of that. And by the time you want to take a photo or a video, you got to erase every single thing on the phone just to take that photo or video. That's not efficient. So you have to let go of things so that you always have workable space. And then it's almost like your operating system has that workable space. And once you upgrade your hardware, your processor, your mind, and once you upgrade your software, which allows all the stuff to download into that, then you are able to be a lot more efficient. And then once we create a blueprint and strategize, that's how you become superhuman. I love that. And I love the example of, you know, uh, the limited storage, because we as humans also have a finite amount of energy and a finite amount of storage as well. So we really got to learn to be efficient with the energy we use. So in a day, if you're, you know, spending, let's say, 50% of your energy watching television, and you're not letting go of that, but you also want to start a business, then it's going to be hard unless you free up that 50% of your energy that's, you know, currently being spent on watching TV shows and then use that to, uh, to start the business instead. Well, exactly. Well said, Moin. And to add to that, one thing that most people do is they get distracted. Mm. And then once you get distracted, that creates something called doubt. 
So let's say you're distracted with all these other things, social media, whatever it is that you are distracted by, okay? Distraction. But then it creates what we call doubt. And as soon as you have a single ounce of it, you will never be able to create that belief that you mentioned, Moin. So I think doubt is something that we consistently have as humans, or it's something that I consistently have too. So how do you, um, when, when, when the ounce of doubt does show up, which I, I think it's, it's inevitable that it does, how mm-hmm. do you sort of manage that? Okay. So in sports, do you like sports, Moni? Yeah, I do. Okay. So what's your sport? What, what sport do you like to watch? Um, I like to watch uh, football, soccer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you have a, a kicker on soccer, okay? Mm-hmm. Free kick. What happens if they hesitate? Just as they're about to kick it, what's going to happen? It's probably going to go off target. So in football, let's say the quarterback is about to hesitate to hit the running back. What's going to happen? Um, it's probably going to go off target. Mm. And so every time we hesitate, what happens? We miss the target. Mm. And every time we miss the target, we use the evidence that we didn't hit the target as a means to continue not to hit the target because we didn't do it when we were supposed to. And so you have to learn to follow through now. So that's why in life, when we create this blueprint and when we strategize, you have to have the belief. Okay, in order to instill that and create that, you have to make sure that the belief has three parts to it. Let me explain. When you have a belief, it is not just saying, oh, I feel I'm pretty or I feel I am enough. No, that's not good enough. You have to have a beginning. You have to have a center, like the core, and then you have to have the end. So let me explain. Let's say you're at the beginning and says, you know what? I don't feel good enough. Okay, that's okay. Everyone has their insecurity. The core of it would be, you know what? I need to understand why I don't feel good enough. And then the end of it says, you know what? This is not part of me. I need to end it. And then you create the new belief that with the same pattern, one, two, three, the beginning says, you know what? I am enough. I am enough because once I understand that I have the confidence, I can see my body of work. I can see everything I've done. I can see the change I can make on this planet. I've seen how people respond to how well I support them. Then you finish it off. The third part that says, I'm going to live for something greater than myself. So maybe I'll create a podcast like Moen. Maybe I'll do something great like Moen and maybe do something to contribute and give back to the world. And then all of a sudden the belief starts to instill and then you do that with repetition and then there's no more hesitation. I love that. It's a powerful blueprint. Um, so essentially what I, what I think is, is important is that, so we have you know, our, our outside world and then we have our own internal world and then, so let's say something, you know, you perceive as negative happens or your, a challenge arises in a business. And so you now have the power to create meaning from that challenge, whether you do it to install uh, doubt in yourself or you, you do it to, you know, install belief in yourself is what I essentially got from what you said. And then, so the power at the end, it lies within ourselves, not the situation that we are experiencing. Yes, well said. And to take it further, a lot of people, they may not understand that we have very definite universal laws that we're not taught in school, that we're not taught in university, that we're not taught by our parents, we're not taught by others. And these seven universal laws, one of the ones that I think a lot of people don't really understand and that I cover deeply is relativity, the law of relativity. So let me explain. 
let's say you make a hundred thousand a year and let's say you get a speeding ticket for a thousand. Okay. It doesn't hurt that bad, but let's say you're only making 20 grand a year and you still get hit with a thousand hurts a lot more, right? Mm -hmm. It's relative. So picture this, if we're going to live through life and any little thing that comes our way, that's maybe that thousand dollar ticket, or maybe it's that pain. Maybe it's someone that want to put us down. Maybe it's a bully, whatever negativity you want to describe it as. Because we have worked on ourself and we've built up our value and we built up what I like to call our chi charge, right? The battery. If the battery, it's let's say I view Moen to be a million dollars worth of that chi charge. Okay, so let's say he's worth a million units of chi charge. Mm. And let's say someone comes along and says, Moen, I don't like this about you. All of a sudden, if Moen took it internally from an external source, he just dropped 50%. Then it's like, he keeps it there, he keeps it there, he keeps it there, drops another 50, drops another 50. Next thing you know, he may be close to a negative side or a negative charge. And then when he's there, stays there for too long, becomes stuck. But instead, if you understood relativity, you would understand that nothing should ever interfere with that charge. And when nothing interferes with that million unit charge, million whatever charge you want to call it, then anything that comes in its way will be so irrelevant because you're more relevant than it. And it is not relative to how or what you're focused on because you live for a greater cause. I love that. And so, so here's the thing then, um, we're obviously taking in a lot of information all the time. And sometimes what people say does get stuck. And, and so how do we sort of avoid, let's say, you know, other people's words from like staying in and sinking uh, into our subconscious mind? Like some people, like I know, I know a lot of people can sort of just sort of suppress that and ignore that. And that's obviously not a way to resolve that and let it go because then it stays stuck, like you said. So how does one, you know, take something or when, you know, something comes back at you and it's, it's, it's painful, how do you stop it from, you know, staying within your energy field? First off, you need a filter, right? Mm -hmm. Just like when you want to do a Google search or you want to search for something in the email, type in keywords, it filters it out, correct? Mm -hmm. So where's our filter? We didn't install one, so we must install one. Let me explain. In life, when something neg negative wants to enter or be in our environment, we have to police that. We have to be almost like a security system, and that's what our senses are for. But the problem is we're too busy pleasuring our senses with the distractions that they no longer know how to be the security system, and so we become victim to it. And then when a negative charge comes our way, we have not protected that environment. We don't have the filter installed, no security system, no bodyguard right there to like make sure that that is not interfered with. Then we allow all these things to enter without even noticing it. And it goes deeper than the subconscious. It actually goes to your unconscious. Mm -hmm. And when it goes into the unconscious, that's when it starts to set in and become cemented emotionally into the body. And then that's why you feel pain in very specific areas. So if you feel it in your neck and your shoulders and in the clavicle, that's where you start to notice that you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Let's say you have an injury and you feel it more on like the ankle. Well, it feels like because you don't have the right amount of support or leadership that's allowing you to thrive. And so we, we understand emotionally, there's a lot of energetic factors that a lot of people cannot explain, but when they get injured, they don't understand where the injury comes from. And it's always deeper than the subconscious. It's a lot of unconscious 
how do we say, cleaning up that must be done. We have to defragment, we have to let go so that we can then put the right pieces in the right place so that we have the right fitment and then we get the right results. Um, thank you for that answer. So what's an example of, um, let's say, uh, a filter or a bodyguard that one can install within themselves to, uh, you know, uh, sort of protect themselves? Okay. So when I grew up, I trained very, very, very intensely. And so you would sometimes get injured when you play sports or you do other things. So what you do is when you get, when you feel any ounce of pain, you have to understand that's weakness leaving your body. Because remember what we say, what defines us is how you get up after every obstacle. So when you get up and the next time you get another injury, well, you're like, well, I went through that. So this is nothing. I felt that. So this is nothing. So it creates that relative understanding that you can overcome it. Second part, every time the mind wants to play its games and own you and control you and you have these little voices, that's when you have to understand maybe we don't have the best self-control. So that's when you go straight into push-ups, sit-ups, chin-ups maybe a light jog, but you have to do something that you may consider or the body may consider a little painful, but getting out of the lazy spot or getting out of the lazy space so that it overcomes any form of, how do we say, unnecessary thinking. So that once the pain does that reset, then it allows us to really recollect ourselves and allow our mind to connect to our bodies. See, a major, major problem in today's world, Moeen, most people's minds are in completely separate places to their bodies. And last time I checked, in order to get the best results, they must be unified and synchronized. So some light exercise is a good way to sort of reset uh, whenever you do come up or whenever you're feeling something or whenever you have a weakness within you. I, I like what you said, and I can relate it not just to you know physical pain and injury that you recover from, so it's also like different pain points in your life, which can be emotional, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, a few years back, a, a pain point was, you know, me finding out that I was becoming a father. And, you know, uh, the woman that was bearing my child was, you know, from a different religious background than myself or my family. So mm-hmm. that was a pain point. And I sort of, you know, I overcame that knowing that, you know, when when I was at a certain level, I overcame something which was you know, in hindsight, much smaller than what I was facing at the moment. But where I was at that few years back, it was the biggest thing in the world for me. But at the end of the day, I had to tell myself that I overcame that. And I thought that was impossible. And then Mm -hmm. I overcame this and that was impossible. And same thing, you know, when I thought about writing a book, there's all these doubts and all these dots, all all these doubts that come up and you tell yourself like, wait, Moin, you thought, you know, getting married and becoming a father was something impossible for you and you did that so this is a block that you can easily overcome and you keep on using experiences in your life and I'm sure everybody has that experience it's just that uh, you know when you're uh, younger they're just at different levels so they keep increasing but the belief is still there that you know hey I overcame that and I can still overcame this obstacle because I always thought things were impossible but I did them anyway so I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I like what you said and inspired this thought. And thank you for sharing that because I feel a lot of people can, can relate to you in their own way, shape or form because they all go through their own struggles. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons I do uh, what I do. So I want to touch on something that you talked about in the very beginning, which is developing our gifts. And mm-hmm. 
you certainly have um, some unique gifts and some of them, uh, you know, you can tell exactly what is going on with uh, someone's mind, body, or soul, uh, you know, and you can see blockages and, and other things that, that are preventing people from stepping into, you know, their true self. Mm-hmm. So um, can you talk about a bit more about that? Like, where, how do you, how do you see that? And, and how can you help people when you see like certain blockages or how do you even see them? <laughs> so I think the best way to describe it is when you see something, I don't see use my eyes. I don't see it with my eyes. Mm. So and for some, they may get that. Others, they may not. But mm. I don't use my eyes to see it, but not the physical ones, at least. Mm. Okay, that's kind of cool. So when you when you don't use your physical eyes, and I'm, I'm guessing you're using your, your mind's eye or the third eye or, or something that I can't comprehend, um, can you describe in words what you see? Let's say it's me and I have a block in my, in my throat chakra. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing exactly that's telling you that there's a block there? Well, I will share this with you. Thank you. Most people don't even understand what chakra is. Mm-hmm. They just think it's, uh, how do we say, Americanized, or they think it's maybe just uh, something that's in, in maybe Indian like background. Okay. They don't really understand it. And to those that feel they do, they don't understand. Let me explain. Mm. They all want to open it. Mm. They all feel like, okay, it has to be open, has to be open, has to be open. But what they don't realize is, like you said, the throat chakra blocked by lies, opened by truth. Mm. So imagine that, blocked by lies, but opened by truth. Okay. But a lot of people don't even realize that a lot of the things they think are truthful are only half-truths and they live a lot of lies. And so it will always block it and it will turn the wrong way. So it will actually seal and seal, picture like a cap on your water bottle or maybe like a tap or whatever it is, it keeps turning and turning and just seals tighter and tighter and tighter. And it's very difficult to untighten or unfasten because it's so tight. And so that's why when a lot of people come to me and they say, they study chakras, they they have this, they want to open the third eye, they want to do this, they want to do that. And first thing I ask them is, well, what is your purpose for doing it? They say, oh, because I want to be enlightened. Okay, that's good. That's noble. But why do you want to do that? Oh, because I want to, I want to see things. I want to do this. I want to do that. Okay, but is it for the betterment of humanity? And a lot of times, it's not always. A lot of times, it is for the selfish gain or attainment of something to be better than someone. And when I see that, I have to be very cautious because they have sealed their chakras going the wrong way to seal it off. So if I were to help them, it is very difficult because they are stuck in their own ways and they may not want to reinvent themselves to reopen it the right way. Okay, thank you for sharing that. So you're on this you know, uh, beautiful journey of, of making the world a better place every single day. And it's not a small task, you know, just by, just by reading that, you know, making the world a better place every single day. Um, so where do you see yourself self going when you're, while you're on this path? You know, how do you see yourself um, growing and developing, changing over the years? And what sort of, like, I want get to get to know, like, what, 
what's motivating you to push forward through the years and what's going to change in, in the next three to five years and, 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 you know, what's, what's next for you? In today's world, everyone, when they talk, like you said earlier, for information, they're mm. only speaking to your mind, mm. but they're not really speaking to your body. And that's why for a lot of people who considered or in the space as motivational speaker, I do not like that term, do not like that word, because it is basically you are just hyping people up to get them somewhere and then they drop. Mm. So I prefer the word inspiration because that's more internal, that's more, how do we say, infinite. Because once you are really inspired to do something, you find the will and the energy to do it. And so in order to answer your question, I want to help you understand if we have the right tools on our tool belt, we can then do the right, use the right tool for the right job. But if we don't have the right tools and we don't have maybe a little guidance to show us how to use the tool or the right tool at the right time, then we will make mistakes. And so I really want to put the right tools in the right people's hands and really guide them and show them how to reopen and rediscover things to make themselves not just human, but superhuman mm -hmm. so that they are able to overcome these mundane things that hold them down and keep them stuck. And I really want to allow these tools to show them how to make their families better, their loved ones better, themselves even better in the, in the best possible way. And I want to be able to share that with the world. That's beautiful. Um, thank you for being on this path. It's truly inspiring uh, for me uh, to hear that, you know, there's other people who, who have this aspect of service about them and who truly want uh, people to be better and healthier and happier. So it's really good to hear. Well, thank you for having me, Moen. And I believe you have very similar traits and characteristics. So I believe a lot of the listeners can really take, take to heart from what you share with them on a regular basis. And I feel a lot of people can learn from each other and, and really, really grow into that person they always wanted to be. Yeah, um, I, I feel the same way. And first step is always, you know, someone who's open to listening to you. And one thing I struggled with in the beginning was um, sharing knowledge or information that I was passionate about with people who weren't really ready to listen to it. And a lot of the times that, that really frustrated me because you know, whenever I tried something new, uh, so for example, the, there's um, the Wim Hof method of breathing. Mm -hmm. um, so I tried that, you know, and, and I experienced something that I've never experienced in my life before, you know, and I got excited and I started telling people and, you know, um, I got disappointed when other people didn't share the same enthusiasm or didn't try the things that I said, you know, yeah. that could work for them. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I had to learn really quickly is that I had to find people who are at a similar level or who are, are you know, ready to do these practices. And not that these people are at, a, are at a higher or lower level, it's just that you're ready for that sort of awareness. And, and you know, that's one of the reasons I just started to focus on my own work, you know, whether it's writing a book or writing a podcast or making videos is because I'm putting the energy of what I am out there and when that energy is out there, it, it attracts um, energy that it's on a, on a similar line to me. And, and that's, you know, could be in terms of audiences or, or readers who, who are open to that sort of information. Mm -hmm. I understand. And 
I feel it's very good that what you're doing and we need more people like yourself, Moen, to really not be afraid to step into or step on the podium, be comfortable in their own skin and be able to share what it is that they want to share and not be worried what anybody else is going to think or say. Yeah, I agree. And one really important aspect of, you know, doing um, this kind of work or, 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 you know, stepping outside of your com comfort zone or doing anything for the first time is something you touched on earlier is the aspect of, of support and guidance, which is, you know, absolutely crucial. And I think it's, you know, when I, when I grew up, it's, it's really undervalued or it's maybe stigmatized that, you know, that you're leaning on someone to get to where you want to or, or create whatever it is that you want. But from my experiences, I've learned that it's absolutely crucial for you to have support and guidance, especially if you're doing something that you've, that you've never done before, which is why I admire, uh, you know, people like yourself who are offering that kind of support because it is very much needed. So I thank you for, for your service. Oh, thank you, Moen. You're welcome. And so um, I like to conclude conversations with, with two questions. And one is, one of them is, you know, a message from your heart uh, to the listeners. What can you tell someone who's uh, maybe in a difficult spot? And let's say they also want to start a podcast, but they have fears. First thing you have to understand is, and I'll speak completely from the heart here, like you asked, you got to start. There is no perfect time. If you're always waiting for the perfect time, the perfect time will never exist. The perfect time is when you choose to make that first step and actually start something and just jump. First part. Second mm -hmm. part, to share with someone and with everyone here. When we are in life, we only sometimes see what's under our skin or feel what's under our skin. Understand that there's other people on this planet that have far worse struggles than we can even comprehend. And so like we said, relatively, if we can let go of that pain, let go of us being stuck, let go of the ideas and the poor, how do we say, habits that we have incurred, let all these attachments go so that we can be open to evolve. And once we are open to evolve, that is when we have given ourselves that chance to overcome greater and better things. But if we stay stuck and we cannot let go, and we will be very, very disappointed in the results later on. And so if we can just learn to let go of a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, don't get so upset. Don't feel like you need to, to have everything or chase everything and just let go of all the things that are not going to be beneficial and only focus on the things that are essential and invest in those. And then once you have that with the proper guidance, with that openness, that's when we can start developing gifts. I love that. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, I hope, uh, my hope always and my intention always is that people get inspired by, by messages like this. And so something that, that you mentioned is, you know, people to spend less and less time in, uh, in things that are, that are not beneficial for them. Um, sometimes it's hard for people to tell. So what's, what's one way people can tell, uh, you know, something is not good for them? If you just use something as a consumer, it's useless, which means you just scroll in, scroll in, scroll in on Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is you're doing, or flipping channels all day, or whatever it is that's not beneficial, then yeah, that's not that good for growth. That's a very poor investment. But think of yourself like a company. 
the company's always looking for another revenue stream or maybe another account, whatever you want to call it. So you need to do the same thing, which means every single thing that's around you has to be a learning experience. Mm-hmm. So let's say you, you want to use Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, but every time an ad comes, you ignore it. But maybe you're into copy, maybe you're into copywriting, but yet you ignore every single ad. How are you going to get better to see how they have conversions on their copywriting? Or let's say artistically, maybe a videographer, you want to get into that, or a photographer. Are you taking notes and notice of the angles they use, the setup they're using, the equipment, the, the amount of preparation that goes into it? There's always something to learn from everything. But if you just take it as a consumer, you would be almost, how do we say, wasting a lot of that energy and resource. But if you view it as an investment and say, you know what, I'm going to pick all these things apart. I'm going to make sure that when I do my podcast or if I do my video, or if I do my whatever, that I'm able to take the best, put it together and create almost like my version of it. And a lot of people need to stop being just straight consumers and understand we need to be a little more investors. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. Um, So uh, last thing I want to ask you is, so if someone wants to connect with you and consult you, how can they reach out to you? Oh, they can text me. (laughs) 818-928-3639. They can email, DM, message, however they they like. Uh, I got my book that came out, The Hero in You. That has the actual blueprint, which we touched some of it on this podcast. And it's really there as allowing the tools to really help, right? That's on Amazon. Uh, We do have, you know, private mentorship. We do have like private calls, all these things to really help people get that breakthrough they're looking for. So they no longer have to feel the pain or feel stuck. Okay, awesome. I'll I'll put all the links uh, when I publish the episode. I want to thank you once again for being here and uh, sharing your time. Thank you, Moen, again for having me. And I appreciate your time, your your humbleness and your kindness to have, have me on this. And I just want to say, you know, from the bottom of my heart, for everyone listening, I mean, give him some love, give him some support, make sure you like and subscribe his, his podcast. I mean, he's doing a great service. Thank you for saying that. That means a lot. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this edition of the Grow With Moon podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to my show so that you don't miss a future episode. Feel free to leave a rating, a comment. If you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram is the Grow With Moon podcast. Once again, thank you and enjoy the rest of your day.